Good evening, family. Welcome to another episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am the number one, Mr. Quick. I'll be joined by the panel here shortly. Mr. Quick, Dr. Twin, Pastor Robinson. Tonight's subject is why are we afraid? We wasn't given the spirit of fear. It's understood that the time we're living in, the current state of the world, there shouldn't be any human interacting, no group gatherings, or there will be consequences, fines, and or jail time. To me personally, it seems as though even more fear is being put into your mind. I went to grab dinner. They were on the curb, doing everything the way they were supposed to do, quote unquote, uh, taking and passing out orders, yet they were still congregated in a central location. I thought to myself, they're not even dishing themselves properly. I wouldn't eat inside of there. I say that to say, do things proper, the proper way, because it's the godly way. Not out of fear. When things are done out of fear, it wears off over time. Then you have to place more fear or make an example of someone to get your point across, to continue to make someone fearful. When things are done the godly way, it comes natural and it's humane. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk. When you fear, want to talk. Fear fear versus uh, I guess the spirit of fear, let's just start right there. That's not something that was, was given to us. Um we wasn't given the spirit of fear. So why is it that everyone is so Fearful or afraid. Um, I think first when you talk about that everyone's so fearful or afraid, um, you know, right now the big thing that's going on is the coronavirus, and I think people are fearful or afraid because of the information that they're getting. Um, and from knowledge is power, and um, so. I've always had a thought of the more you know, the more you grow. Um, right now, I think people are afraid because we are being fed. And when I say fed, I mean exposed to. Like we're being taught that this, this, the coronavirus is, is killing people and um, we're being taught to be afraid of catching this virus. Um because there is no vaccine for it and there is no cure. And I get it. You know, um, quite honestly, for for me, it's okay, you don't have a vaccine for it. But guess what? When I was growing up, I had the measles. There was no vaccine for that. I'm still standing. Um, and so, and, and then when I think about Vaccines, vaccines don't cure anything. They treat symptoms, and they they will, you know, like medicine treats symptoms. 
vaccine expose your body to just enough of the virus or whatever to um, give your body a chance to build up the antibody so that your body can fight it off. Um, but guess what? You pay for vaccines. Who makes the money mm. out of that? Mm. Uh, you know, so it's now, and, and think about it, every every season, the flu season is, is in. We, we all want to go and get a flu shot, but guess what? They don't know, when I say they, I'm talking about the scientists that predict or that look at these diseases or flu and viruses all day, they think that this strand may be prevalent. And so they guesstimate or they take a wild guess at what strain to vaccinate you with of the flu. Okay? So there's a 22% chance of, of your, that your vaccination is the actual strain that's going to be prevalent that season. Well, 22% ain't high enough for me to go and get a vaccine. I'm Absolutely. Sorry. You know, if we talk about 90, 95% chance that, you know, the vaccine that you got is going to be the strain of flu that's prevalent this season, then okay, that's strong enough data for me to go and get it. But I think that right now people are afraid because people aren't really um, doing the research on the coronavirus. What's happening is is we are tuning in to the media for the latest and greatest updates to see what's happening or to understand the impact of what the coronavirus, um, what the effects are. Now, I can tell you this from my perspective. You're not going to bully me into, and I say bully because that's Bullying is, is a part of instilling fear. So you're not going to bully me into believing that what you're saying is true. I'm going to do my research for myself, right? Mm. Now, and in doing the research for myself, I can tell you right now that right now I've just found a little bit of, a little bit of comfort because I'm choosing to believe in the data that I'm reading in a way that I understand versus someone telling me, that we have 163 total cases in the U.S. of of the virus. Um, When the truth is told, we have exactly 1,042 travel-related cases confirmed. We have 2,919 close contact cases confirmed. We have 159,578 cases under investigation. So what is that saying? That's saying that guess what? I got sick. I went to the doctor. They can't find anything wrong with me, so they're going to assume that because of the symptoms that I'm having, they're going to assume that this is the virus. They're going to treat me like I'm a patient, and they're going to make me go self-quarantine and do all that, and they're going to report this to the CDC, which means this is going to be broadcast nationwide, even though they have not confirmed that I have this virus. They're going to report it as if I did. So when you have 159,000 cases under investigation, I take comfort in, in the fact, knowing that guess what? They don't know. They can't confirm. 
Why can't they confirm? Because there's not enough information for that specific person to be fully or confidently diagnosed with the virus. So that makes me a little bit more at ease. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and be stupid and, 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 you know, just operate as if there's nothing going on. Yes, this is serious. But the fact of the matter is the media has taken control of the information that we're receiving, and they are reporting it as if it is 100% correct. Mm. Okay? Um, And then just to say one more thing, for myself, I have sickle cell disease. And when... And I didn't know this, obviously, when I got diagnosed uh, about three years ago. And during my pregnancy a couple of years ago, my last pregnancy, I started experiencing, for the first time in my life, fatigue, body aches, fever, um, respiratory issues, or shortness of breath. And I remember walking into the grocery store, and I felt like, my legs were had water jugs, you know, like multiple water jugs just taped, and I was walking with, you remember those ankle weights? I don't know if they still make them, but like I felt like I was walking with multiple ankle weights on my legs. And went to the hospital, and the first thing they want to tell me is I have a respiratory infection. Do you remember that? So they go through, the hospital is going through everything, trying to find symptoms related to a respiratory infection. When my hematologist walked in, she automatically knew that I needed blood because um, I had six sick and I was pregnant. And they took my, when they drew my blood, guess what? My blood was, was low, low sevens. My hemoglobin was in the low sevens. Um, and so everything that I was experiencing, which mirrored the either the flu or respiratory infection with sickle cell disease. So I say that to say, and and this actually took some time. It took multiple hours for it was while for her to get there to say, <coughs> okay, here's what I think. I think she's having a sickle cell crisis. Let's draw some blood, verify that, and her hemoglobin is going to come back low. We need to just give her a transfusion. Um, Versus running through multiple tests, multiple tests, could not explain anything because all the tests came back negative, um, but they didn't have anything at this time to call it. Now we have something to call the virus. Instead of it saying, instead of saying, oh, it's viral, let it run its course, drink plenty of fluids, um, you know, get plenty of rest. You know, now everybody's in a panic because me, the media has us believing that we have 153,000 confirmed cases versus 159,000, I guess, unidentified. See what I'm saying? Because if they say we have 159,000 people who are sick and experiencing symptoms, very similar to the COV-19, but we have no conclusive test, then America is not afraid. So everybody's in fear because they're being fed this information um, through the media, and we're believing it. 
um, because we're hearing it every day, every hour, every minute, every second. We're getting news conference press, news conferences and press release. We're hearing it, right? So we're being brainwashed in a sense. Um, and so now we're afraid because we don't want to die. We don't want our families to get it. We don't want, you know, the last thing we want is is for us to be the cause of someone passing away or, or receiving this virus from us. I think I said enough right now. No, no, you made some points. I think I'm going to take it another direction. Biblically speaking, from a, from a godly standpoint, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, timidity, but the power of love and self-control. To cross-reference that, it says, the spirit of God will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. A couple more says, peace I leave with you. May peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Last one. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. So with that being said, we're taking our focus off, off, off from the wrong direction. You know, we're focusing on, on television. They're pumping this, this nonsense into us. And then you start reading stories where people are being fined and arrested for, uh, not social distancing and all that good stuff. So my thing is, if you stop, trying to make people afraid, you will get more respect. You will you will get more. But when you try to make people afraid, you gotta reinforce to prove that you're still the top dog. Meaning I have to make an example of somebody. I gotta sacrifice somebody so that everyone sees so that you will now do as I say because you don't want to be in that same position. If we're if we're not social distancing, now we may be arrested or fined. I think I heard from two guys walking down the street. They weren't abiding by that rule, and one got fined four hundred dollars, if not both. Another guy, he was continuing with church services, and he got arrested. I don't I don't have a spirit of fear. I'm I'm sorry, I, I don't. I have knowledge. I'm a researcher myself just like you did with with the, the knowledge and you put out with the numbers included. And just even in the me knowing that if you can track this, there's a ninety seven percent survival rate. If you're healthy. I'm okay with that shit. It's 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 better eyes than driving down the street. You know what I mean? Period. So, I guess for me, I just can't I can't buy into it. I still haven't bought into it. 
you know, uh, was frustrating actually because you're right. The media is continuing to pump out these things and inflate these things. I was talking to a guy about a, at a local hospital. Well, not at, but he he was from the local hospital, and he said we have eleven tests. So anything after eleven, you just automatically assume or or treat as though they had a virus. That doesn't make sense. So how those numbers are accurate that we were hearing? Right, and the thing about the and again, the thing about the numbers is this. You know, I, I've heard a thousand times people say men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Okay, no, numbers don't lie. But let me tell you what I know because I work with numbers. I can make my numbers tell you a story. I can make my numbers tell you exactly what I want them to tell you. Okay? What do I mean when I say that? What I mean is, just like you said, they have 11 tests. And what they do is a process of elimination, probably. People come in presenting these symptoms. One, two, three. Okay. We're going to run these 11 tests. We're going to ask these list of questions because we need to rule out these 11 items. And if you rule out these 11 items, then we're just going to say it's COVID-19. Okay. So for the people who watch the medical shows all the time, um, like I do, because what they do is they do. They they do these tests and they're checking boxes off the list. They're saying, okay, well, well, this disease presents XYZ. This disease presents XYZ. Okay, but he doesn't have that, so it can't be this. It can't be that. Um, once they get down, they call it one thing, but then guess what? Patients take a turn for the worse. And so they, they go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, this, that, and the third can't be this. So they rule that out. The problem is, is that because the media is allowed and have been allowed to broadcast and report on this thing, um, we're being brainwashed into believing that that is what we have. When the media also reports the deaths from this virus, they don't report pre-existing Um, Mm -hmm. So if your body, if you have heart disease or lung disease or if you're diabetic and your immune system is compromised already, Mm -hmm. you didn't necessarily die from the COVID-19. You died because your immune system was weakened and it was not strong enough to fight off the virus. (coughs) Basically, what what I've seen from different things, and again, there's a million things out there when it comes to these symptoms. Um, but the the virus has a way of making its way to your liver or internal organs, and basically multiplying from that point. Right. So think about if you already have weakened kidneys, then and the virus invades your kidneys, then obviously it's going to take over. You know? Because your immune mm-hmm. system isn't 
strong enough to, to, to fight it off, to, to recognize, okay, um, your immune system already knows there's something wrong with your kidneys or liver or what have you. So when something extra come in, they your immune system can differentiate between the two. Right. If you're if, if it's already compromised. So, you know, <clears throat> again, I'm with you. I can't I refuse to live in fear. Um because God did not give me a spirit of fear. Now, I'm not going to be, again, ignorant or anything like that. I'm going to be wise and do my due diligence as far as social distancing and, you know, washing and, you know, doing different things like that. But the truth be told is for years, I think that for years there's been an inconsistency with medicine or science and what people are actually feeling. I don't know if that makes sense. So when you go, like when we, when I went to the doctor, and I can only share personal experience, when I went to the doctor, I've never had a respiratory infection, so I didn't know what it feels like. But I knew that when I went to the doctor, um, that it wasn't that. Okay. You know, okay. they were looking for looking for, you know, fluid in the lungs or, or whatever, you know, on the x-ray, whatever happens to your body when, you, when you're when you having, you know, bronchial infection or what have you, um, they didn't see that. But I knew they weren't going to find that because I knew that this wasn't just some old infection. Something else was wrong with me. And so, um, again, they were trying to use science for me and they were trying to check the blocks, but they couldn't check all of those blocks. And, again, the fortunate thing is is I had another doctor who already knew we've been down this road before. Um, this is just more severe because now she's having an, an actual crisis, um, but we already know her blood, she has an issue with her blood, basically. Um, you see what I'm saying? And so it's kind of one of those things where doctors are are not fully they they have to stop checking the blocks and they have to listen to patients. And a patient is not going to come in and say I have coronavirus. The patient's going to tell you everything that's going on and 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 sometimes doctors are going to ignore that because we don't know science like they know science. You see what I'm saying? So they're going to go down their checklist and they're going to call it whatever they think it is, and they're going to treat you for that. They're not even killing you. They're only treating the symptoms. Good. If you go, if you're an insomniac and you can't sleep, guess what they're going to do? They're going to give you a pill to help you sleep. Oh, right. But guess what? That pill is going to have a side effect because it may give you diarrhea. So mm-hmm. guess what? You're going to go back to the doctor and say, look, I've been sleeping all right with this pill. I have diarrhea. So they're going to give you mm-hmm. a pill to help you with your diarrhea. Okay, they're not treating the, the root problem of the issue is why you're not sleeping. is because, you know, maybe you need to have the AC on when you sleep at a certain level instead of being hot. I don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they're going to treat you for symptoms. 
And each of those treatments that they give you is going to have a side effect. And before you know it, you've gone from no meds to 30 different bottles. Because mm. you got it, like you said, one symptom begets another, or one medicine or one treatment begets another side effect, it begets another side effect, and, you know, you keep on going down the line, and then you are stuck with medica- medications for the rest of your life when it's asymptomatic. All you had to do was change your filters, cool it off in your room, and, you know, lay down, and your body would then relax to the point where you would go to sleep. Well, turn the TV off or, you know, well, turn the change, TV the, off. Right. change the routine or habits. Right, but the doctors aren't asking those types of questions as far as, you know, when they're trying to diagnose us. No, I think for me, you know, I'm not, I'm not big on, on medicine, you know, especially prescriptions and all that. No, I'm, I'm good. Um, because to your point, you know, I don't know if you're more concerned about me or more concerned about these kickbacks. You know, you may know the body. You may went to school and studied the body. Cool. But I know my body. And in taking care of my body, I haven't cheated. You in school, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure there's a test or two you cheated on. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'll take my chances with me. I'll gamble with me. That's just from a medical standpoint. So I don't trust, I don't trust it. There's nothing I can't do with a damn bandage that you can do with a bandage. You know what I mean? Period. Hell, you can YouTube. You got YouTube doctors nowadays. All this goes back to fear. I'm, I'm, I'm not fear. I'm not afraid. I'm just wise. You know what I mean? And I know when I go, I got to, before I go to you, for you to tell me what's wrong with me, I got to first know what's wrong. I got to see what I'm doing and make my adjustments. So even with this coronavirus thing, you know, now everybody want to start washing their hands. Now, all of a sudden. So we should have been doing this right. some time ago. You know, exactly. now now y'all don't want to want to be all up in each other's face. Y'all should have been doing this some time ago. You know what I mean? Period. Look at your hygiene habits before you even decide to to step out the house. Look at your house. If you're not mm-hmm. if you're not washing your hind parts regularly, don't come out here like it, like it's, it's you know now you want to buy up all the soap because now it's a sense of urgency. I got to wash my ass. You should have been doing this. You should have been doing this. Mm-hmm. Come on, then you got people with gloves on still touching everything. So you ain't touching nothing in public, but you're touching the door and you're in the grocery store. Now you're picking up apples and bananas and toilet paper and, and everything else with those same gloves on. But right, so how clean not, are you? Right, you're not taking these gloves off to to wash these wash your hands and wash these, you know, items you bought. So let's be real. We not washing the the pack of the toilet paper that we just bought, but you mm-hmm. just brought all of these germs into your house. Mm-hmm. Not to mention when you're running upstairs with your shoes on, you're taking everything from outside on you putting it on your carpet. 
So let's let's talk about let's talk about your living habits before you want to come out here and tell me how to exactly. clean your house. We're gonna take this time to introduce uh my brother Ronell to the line. Good evening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good evening. How you guys doing? Good evening. Good. You know, thanks. You know, clean hands and all. You know, all good. Clean hands and all, baby. Man, it's funny you were talking about, you know, clean hands prior to. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, any public places or restaurants or whatnot and have, or, you know, sports bars, whatever the case may be, but that had cold water and very little soap or it was hard to find the soap or it was just like a bathroom that was kind of, it it, kind of, it, it makes me look at them the a lot different now. Said it again? Yeah, the soap just didn't soap. work, right? You got yeah, to go out there yeah. and tell somebody, hey, like, ain't no more soap in there. So, right. whoever been going in here for the past hour to, yeah, to I don't know how many days that <laughs> they ain't been washing their hands with no soap. Yeah, man. No, that's real talk, real talk. But the whole, you know, the whole fear aspect is, I mean, man, to live in that, I mean, that's a choice to live in. And I feel like it's a choice that's been given or provided, I should say, through just too much knowledge, right? Like, when you know more than you – I mean, if you want to take it back biblically and just look all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right, the tree of knowledge was the tree that it was like, hey, that's forbidden fruit. And right now we all got access to way more knowledge and can share misread or misinterpreted information and spread that as well. So, man, it's that, that, that fear aspect is it's interesting, man. It's interesting with people, how people gain it and how they keep it and spread it. I don't know. I, I, I think I would have rather taken the taking the, the fruit from the fear of knowledge than the fear of fear, the, the tree of fear, excuse me, the, the tree of knowledge versus yeah. the tree of fear. Because you can, now it's true, once you know, you can't unknow. And they, there's a certain level of accountability yeah. that comes with knowing. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're fearful, you're only going to be afraid for so long before you can actually go turn on whoever have you afraid. But, you know but I mean? again, right, where does fear come from? Fear, you know what? It's funny you should mention that. We go, this is the perfect time to introduce Casper. Casper, welcome to the line. <laughs> Good evening to everybody. Good evening. Mm-hmm. I hate to throw you in like this or pull you in like this. My man just asked, where does fear come from? I can tell him where it don't come from, like you can. Where does fear come from? Well, there's only two sources, brother. It says that um, it's going to be from God or from the enemy. And uh, so uh, the Bible says God didn't give us the spirit of fear. So Second Timothy, um, baby. It, it, it comes from the enemy. But you got to understand the enemy sometimes can be our own intellect. It can, it can be our own mm-hmm. knowledge and wisdom. It can be something that... Um, you know, it, it says something amazing in the scriptures that God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so you mm-hmm. can take on spirit. You know, that's what fear is, is a spirit. It's an, it's not always something you see. It can be something mm-hmm. you conjure up in your own mind. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, if it was something you could just see, you could fight that. But man, those <laughs> those thoughts that run in your mind, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> there's so many types of fear: fear of not making it, fear of not having enough, or uh, fear of not being adequate, fear of not being liked, mm-hmm. uh, fear of not mm-hmm. measuring up. You know, all these things is it's just a lot of it, and we 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 generate it sometimes in our own mind uh, by what we see, by what we watch, by what we listen to. You watch the news enough. Um, my mom went to the doctor recently, and um, uh, he told her, he said, well, you're, you're doing actually well for your age, but I would suggest two things. And uh, he said, number one, drink more water, and number two, stop watching the news. He said, because mm. what's happening is, you know, uh, your blood pressure just seems like it's just uh, through the roof. He said, and I can tell. He said, I can tell you've been doing something. And she started laughing at him because that's all she mm. she does. She'll go from NBC to CBS to Fox or whatever. And, and, you know, they're doing that for ratings a lot of times, you know. So, mm. uh, so yeah, fear is, uh, is not from God, that's for sure, because he said, he told us not to fear. Now, when he said not, don't fear, you know, he was saying it because he knew the possibility was going to be there. So it boils down to a choice. You know, you could choose to be afraid of it. You could choose to learn from it. You can choose to face it. You can choose to pray about it and put it in God's hands. But ultimately, um, you know, it's really in our hands. That's just my interpretation of it. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Choice. Now I know, I know. We just said in Second Timothy where he said he didn't give us the spirit of fear. You right. Know, he also said in Romans, you know, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery that re- that returns you to fear. Mm-hmm. So that tells me, me alone, that not return to. That that fearful place, like you, once you go beyond that, once you once you realize and recognize, there's no turning back. So you're not going. We fear the unknown because it's uncharted territory. But once we go through there, there is no turning back. There is no. Well, the next place may be the fear of un, maybe unknown, uncharted territory. So we're gonna be afraid of that. Now, once we go get through it, that first time. We got it. All, all this, we had to do is get through it at one time. No other place we go, we'd be afraid of, because we kind of face a boogie monster. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I hear you. So, pal. You no, know, I just kind of trying to think of. Oh, go ahead, Pastor. Please go ahead. Go ahead. You was what? Oh, and I was just thinking about, you know, the idea. I was just on a conference call with a um, nonprofit organization, which is Confidence Foundation, and they work with a lot of young people um, on, you know, kind of just building self-confidence, right, and being confident in making decisions and, you know, going with, um, you know, your passion and your goals or whatnot, like how to reach those. And what I found in just listening from other people especially the younger generation, that they have a a huge lack of confidence that is turned into fear of failure. 
and it's it's not necessarily the unknown, but it's like them knowing certain things, right? So I heard a young um, person talk about, hey, I don't want to go and take this job, even though you're telling me it's a stepping stone. I don't want to take it because I don't want to get stuck in that job and be in that job forever. So I would just rather have no job, which doesn't mm. make sense to me. But, like, to them, it's like that is a a fear of theirs. The fear is to get stuck in a job that they don't want. I was blown away by that. So that's where, you know, coming back to the whole knowledge aspect, um, you know, sometimes you can know too much. Right of a of a subject or a I shouldn't even say a subject, but you can know too much of a directed angle that was portrayed to you. Right, if I've invested in stocks and real estate or whatever, and I've had nothing but failures in it, and I tell the next person, "Oh, don't do that because you ain't gonna do nothing but fail." I did it. Trust me, type deal then I'm building a fear or a negative aspect in them based upon my knowledge and my experience. Right. So, so I'm giving a them a... Go ahead. A better direction would be, you know, be careful or watch that, watch your step, you know what I mean, versus saying, don't do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it mm-hmm. anyway, but I'm going to tell you a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. I know when I was when I was getting ready to move when I was getting ready to move here and and, and we spoke about this some time ago. I know Pastor and myself have when people put their fears on you and it and it and it dwarfs your maturation, it dwarfs your life even. You know, um at some point you will you will have some resentment for them because you're like, man, I could have gone so much further if so-and-so wouldn't have told me that this place was like this or this was like that. You know what I mean? And then you ask them this question and they refer or reference something 40, 50 years ago. Or they reference something of hearsay. They've never experienced mm-hmm. it themselves but they've heard someone else's story and they've limited themselves and now tried to limit you based on someone else's experience. To me, that kind of disturbs me, you know, um, that spirit, you, you put in the spirit of fear in me or you trying to, mm-hmm. you see what I mean? I don't know what kind of accountability mm-hmm. that, that God says that he, he will, they will face for something like that, but I'm sure there's something. Pastor, this is over. You have to take it from here, bro. <laughs> well, first, first of all, man, um, it, you know, you got to go back to where we talked about it's a, it's a choice because, okay, um, the Bible says it's a crazy scripture to me, man. It's just amazing. It says something like, if you walk with wise people, you'll be wise. But if you hang with fools, you're going to be destroyed. You know, so mm-hmm. in other words, it boils down to, okay, who am I walking with? I mean, it boils down to a choice. Do I want to hang around people that are wiser than I am, or do I want to hang around this fool? And if they're telling you something that's going against your vision, going against your dream, 
you know, um, you may want to change the company that you keep. It don't mean that you're better. It just means you're headed in another direction. Now, you do need people that can give you wise counsel that will tell you, you know, um, you know, there are people that, you know, okay, I got the name pastor, but I'm not a financial consultant. I got the name pastor, but I am not a medical doctor. You know, I need to go to where the experts are. I don't need to become so arrogant. I know it all. No, I don't know it all. You know, so I need to surround myself with wise people. And so, um, you know, yeah, there is a penalty for people purposely misleading you, but likewise, there's a penalty for us staying around people and, you know, receiving unwise counsel. I mean, listen, man, everybody, and I'm just about to know what you're going to say when I say it, but everybody that's some kin to you is not necessarily your family. Everybody that's the same color that you are is probably not, don't have to necessarily be your family. You know, your brothers and sisters, man, in reality, is a biological, obviously, a family, but then there's a family that, you know, look, brother, you encourage me, you motivate me, you, 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 you help me to see things the way I need to see them. You challenge me and things like that. And you need to be around people that will make you think, that will make you say, don't you stay where you are. You know, this is seasonal. You can go and get it. And they're not going to try to stop you just because they can't go there with you. Um, and so we, we have to make a choice sometimes if we're trying to accomplish something in life. Uh, this brother was just talking about those kids saying, well, I don't want that job because I don't want to get stuck in it. I mean, uh, it hurts to hear that, but there's a part of me that said that's the dumbest thing in the world, but that's a, that's a learned behavior. Somebody, you know, um, impressed that it, you know, pressed that into their spirit, man, to where they just, you know, you, you can't, I mean, man, sometimes you got to walk before you crawl, man. I mean, crawl before you walk, man. And um, just because I start here don't mean I got to stay here, you know. Um, so that fear is real, man. It's, it's really, really real. And you have to be conscious of what you listen to, who you walk with, um, and all of these things. You know, if if <laughs> if all you ever see is, I don't know, Popeye's chicken, then you know that's, hey, that's as far as you're ever going to go. We need to dream bigger. We need to read something other than Ebony Magazine and Sports Illustrated. We need to listen to something other than just rap and gospel music. We need to listen and watch something on TV other than ESPN. You know, we got a man, we got a, a we got a mind, man. If you will uh, allow that thing to expand and allow that thing to grow, you'd be amazed at where we can go with this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ronnell, what you think about that? And then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna um, bring her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's real talk. I mean, you know, I I say that all the time. The exposure. I mean, that was the difference maker in my life was the exposure to something different. Um, you know, I look at the, you know, Pastor was talking about uh, the conscious and the subconscious. Well, he was talking. You talked about the conscious, and I think about the subconscious as well, and how much that is building on, you know, more and more fear. You know, um, like what is developing that fear, right, that subconscious thought, those words, those habits, those actions that you said, the people that you hang around, you know, how do you even recognize that if you don't know anything outside of 
your inner circle. I mean, heck, I got a buddy. No, my little brother, my baby brother. He actually, it's, it's a funny story behind it, but, you know, his big thing growing up back in Akron, Ohio was, you know, for us was going to Red Lobster. And I was, I had the opportunity to, you know, kind of travel a little bit, and I met a young lady, and he was telling her, trying to impress her, telling her, yeah, I'm going to take you to Red Lobster. <laughs> it was just like, it made us laugh, but at the same time, if that's all he knows, you know, then his, then his scope, then his experience. But once, you know, you become more experienced, you're, uh, you, it enables you to kind of put away the uh, misconceptions or the preconceived notions of, you know, what a, what others believe is, you know, kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I, I guess I can just dumb it down and just say, you know, the, the life. But then you go back to choices. Choices is huge. I mean, you know, um, Mr. Quick and I both talk about choices a lot and how, you know, that is one of the things that if you want to change anything, especially if you're talking about fear, especially if you're talking about the conscious, the subconscious thoughts, then your daily choices, your actions have to change. So, I mean, with that being said and what, you know, what Pastor said is kind of like, even though you know certain things, you have to still make the choice. At the end of the day, you can only control you. That's true. We we were we were just talking about something similar tonight. In fact, we even brought up uh, the restaurant you just made mention. You know, when you no one no one should be afraid to advance. No one should be afraid mm-hmm. to to coming from where I'm from. That's that's the unknown. That's the uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. We all want to settle for the red lobster. We want to settle for uh, you know the the meat plan versus Whole Foods. We all want to settle for mm-hmm. what we're comfortable. It's more so about our comfort level. We just comfortable mm-hmm. right here. We don't want to go outside of that. We don't know what's on the other side of the tracks, you know. So I'm gonna tell you, ooh, don't go over there. Why? Because well, everybody. I don't know. They just all we. That's just some place we don't go. And it's like that's stupid. But then you go over there. It's like man, you know, it's a whole new world over here. Y'all should come over here. Ooh, nah, bro. You you one of them now. Since you, you went over to that side of the tracks, you know, you one of them now. Yeah. And, and that's the, and that's the weirdest thing to me because. We have to we have to get rid of that spirit of fear that somebody else implanted in our beings, in our minds, in our spirit, in our whatever you want to put there. But we have to we have to get rid of it. We have to go out here and realize that that's, that's part of life. Life isn't limited. You know what I mean? You, you're not only living because you're on this side of the track. You living where you can go any place and don't have any boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's living. Mm-hmm. It's, we got to get rid of it. And then you go to the doctor because, you know, pastors, the more people watching news, then they go into the doctor and they're having all these pills given to them. And 
I'm afraid to actually I'm afraid to go to the doctor in the first place because y'all go tell me I'm a die tomorrow. Y'all know how that is. But when we do go, now all these pills and we're not we're afraid to to challenge. We're afraid to ask questions, you know. We're afraid to even, you know, ask for a second opinion. Because we're afraid that it it may be worse, but the likelihood it could actually be better because someone may have more experience in this realm than the past. You follow me? Yes, sir. Man, it's funny. You said something about the doctor thing because I've always had this thought, but I've never had the opportunity to have a conversation with anybody. Have you ever asked a doctor why they show prescription drugs in commercials? Like, because for me, am I telling my doctor this is what I want? Or is the doctor supposed to already be up on that and know? No, bro. The doctor's telling you. To me. The doctor's telling you what you want. It's, it's no, but so, I mean, so, so, okay, okay. So you're saying they're telling me that this, this drug is out there. And when the doctor says it, I know it and I recognize it because of the commercial that I think. The doctor, you telling the doctor the symptoms that they done told you your symptoms on television, and first thing the doctor do is write a prescription for this because it's a new thing, and they getting that kickback. Yeah, hundred percent. I just, I just wondered if anybody ever challenged the doctor and say, hey, you know, no, I don't want this medicine. I want this other medicine that I've seen on a commercial. I challenged the doctor. The doctor kicked me out of the office. Man, you ain't got kicked I was out laying of there. <laughs> I, I know, right? I was there getting a physical. And he says your high blood pressure, your good blood pressure is high, and your bad blood pressure is low. He said, you probably should eat some bacon. I said, what? I said, I don't eat. Why the hell would I eat that? I don't eat, I don't, I don't eat that. You know, I don't eat pork. You know? And so he was like, oh, you take medicine for this? No, I don't take medication. He was like, oh, well, what about this? I said, I don't take medication. Dude walked out the office. Next thing I know, here come the nurse. And she was like, okay, and, you know, we'll turn the 23rd. I'm like, that's it? Like, bro, that, like five minutes. And I'm out. Wow. So I, because I didn't fit into his, his, his pockets, he ain't want to deal with me no more. Well, how mm-hmm. you want to tell me? That's like telling somebody, yeah, you know, uh, you got new pipes here. You probably should put some sludge in there so that, you know, over o- over time it'll back up or something. You know what I mean? Bruh, who has a problem with their good uh, cholesterol being high? <laughs> that didn't sound like a problem. Now, mm-hmm. if my bad cholesterol was high, yeah, we maybe have have something to converse about. You know, I need to drink more water or something. Right. But that's all you got. So yeah, after that, I just went. I mean, I, I went back to the car, called the missus, and was like, "You won't believe this." So they didn't put me out. Yeah. What my lab work? The results. They gave me a whole packet of my results. Here you go. Take this and go. 
Mm-hmm. And all this is after I didn't fast, right? So mm-hmm. just imagine if I would have fasted, it would probably have been even worse. Better for me, but worse for him. Mm-hmm. But it all goes back to fear. I can't, I'm not going to let anybody pump their fear into me. Because it's not mm-hmm. it's not your fear that they're pumping into you. It's their fear. Mm-hmm. So you just put Which a limit on my growth. You just put a limit on my growth because of you, because of your experience. Go ahead, brother. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, no, no. You're good. It was a little bit of a delay. Um, what I was just going to say is, you know, you can call another word for fear could be doubt, right? Because I didn't make it. I doubt you going to make it. Ooh. And, yeah. So let me cast this doubt on you, whether subconsciously or consciously, right? Whether I mean to or not. Let me cast this doubt on you because it didn't work for me. Not understanding that there's different times. Mm. And the timing just might have been wrong when they made certain choices. So maybe that's not the direction they should have gone. Correct. I, well, well, I say, if, why not ha- why if, not go that direction in order to tell me something that I disagree with? Listen, bro. Pastor is pastor. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. You did. <laughs> Although we have our own individual Correct. lanes, that's 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 what it is. Those are our lanes. Mm-hmm. Pastor may say, you know what, quick, you got some some ministry minister like tendencies. And I may be like, oh, cool. But that doesn't mean that I should go pastor. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, bro. Ooh, bro. You know, you ain't really got the heart for this game here. I'm gonna need you to work on this part. You know what I mean? That that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that. You see what I mean? So you, we got to understand that everybody has a different direction. You probably knowing my family, I got a cousin. He he he's been a hustler all his life, and now you want to go try to work fast food, bro. This ain't your thing. It's never <laughs> been your thing. Nah. Stay in your lane. I ain't saying continue to hustle, but I'm just simply saying you might I mean, maybe change the product, but. Working for somebody else isn't your thing. It never has been. Hmm. You, you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I completely Pastor, understand. What Pastor, you're talk, talk to him about the uh, the order of things, Pastor. Come on, uh, Pastor. <sighs> well, well, brother, you, you already you already hit it. I don't need to say a whole lot, man. You. You know, y'all are, listen, y'all are all over this thing as far as um, I'm concerned. I'm sitting here gleaning off of it because y'all are just, I mean, y'all are, y'all are right on it, you know. Because um, people will, they'll, they'll mislead you because they failed at it. Uh, and sometimes people will mislead you to keep you from succeeding. You know, they'll tell you not to try it because they don't want to see you progress, you know. Um, but the thing about it is, man, um, there's a time and a season for everything. I don't care what it is. And so when Jesse Jackson ran for president, 
He wasn't supposed to be president. I mean, he is what he is. I don't have nothing against the brothers. You know, I have nothing against him at all. You know, when Al Sharpton kind of threw his hat in the ring, it wasn't time for that. He wasn't, he wasn't, that, that's not the one. But when Barack Obama stepped up, you know, um, you know, the brother went on through with this thing and, and was reelected. But then one of uh, our great black leaders that we shall remain nameless said, you know, uh, basically said, I'd cut your balls out. You know, he's just trying to talk all this noise to the brother. Yeah, we remember you that. You know, and it's like, okay, now is that is that a little hater age you're spitting right there, brother? What What's the deal, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you know, and my thing is, look, man, if one of us make it, all of us ought to make it. You know, why am I going to try to pull you down? That ain't my thing, you know. And, you know, I took pride because, you know, I voted for you. So I feel like I had a hand in getting you where uh, you are. So, you know, like you said, stay in your lane, man. Do your thing. Because uh, uh, when Obama needs a, a haircut, he probably messes his head up. But quick can do a good job for it. And when push yep. comes to shove and Ob- Obama leaves this earth, Guess what? They're going to be a, a sorry little joker like me that says, you know, um, uh, uh, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you know? So we all got a purpose, man, and we got to take pride in what we do and stop trying to do things we were, we were never created to do. You know, I, I got this real bad habit. I'm not a, a fix-it type of guy. That's why God, he's going to have to bless me with a lot of money because I, I don't fix things, man. I jack them up bad. So, you know, I don't have a lot of tools and things like that. So something needs to be fixed in my house. Okay, since I don't have a ladder, I use a chair. And since I don't have a hammer, you know, I'll use a shoe or a rock or whatever. And since I don't have a screwdriver, I use a butter knife. You understand what I'm saying? And then I get mad whenever I fall out that chair and that butter knife stabs me in the arm. I'm just fussing and cussing and raising sand. Well, I was using it for a purpose it was never intended to be used for. Come on, y'all. You know, and that's the way it is. A lot of times we get so out of place trying to do things we were never created to do. Find your spot and work in it. And you know, and I can, I can respect this brother for what he does and what he says, and I can respect Quick for what he does and what he says. And then we all show up mm-hmm. on Sunday. I can do my thing, and, and we all good, man. I don't. I never mm-hmm. got that. You know, everything. Even the Bible says we're one body in Christ. And let me tell you something, man. I don't care how important the brain and the head is. You mess around and, and, and cut your toe off with a, a knife and see that it affect your entire body. It will affect mm-hmm. your entire body. Your head, your head. that's all it will be thinking about. God, what's wrong with my foot? You know, but that's the way it is, man. We, we, we tend to put things and people, we prioritize them the wrong way. Everybody's on the same level, mm-hmm. brother. Nobody's more important. Listen, I like the man that took up the garbage on the street. You know, I yeah. like the man that, that, that paved the road, man. If he didn't pave the road, man, I I don't want to drive my car on it. So everybody mm-hmm. serves a purpose, man, everybody. And we got this uh, tendency to look down on people and to look up at people. Listen, brother, you, you're the president of the United States, but and I'm going to give you a just do it, your reward and all that. But when you come into church, I'm going to acknowledge you. But I ain't going to sit down and give you my pulpit. You ain't going to let me walk in the White House and let me do your State of the Union address. (laughs) You know, so I'll respect you. I'll give you your due. I will. You know, but I'm not going to walk in there and say, quick, I'm pastor, man. Give me those clippers, brother. Sit down. Oh, no. He need to cuss me out. 
Well, not literally, because that man got thrown out of a doctor's office. I don't know what he'll do. He'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'll say my talent elsewhere. There you go. <laughs> there you go, mm-hmm. man. But it's, it is. It's all about, you know, the order of God. Everybody was created to do something, and everything was created for a purpose. You know, and I feel like mm-hmm. everything that was created is an answer to a problem. So glasses mm-hmm. were an answer to poor eyesight. You know, everything, let the glasses be used for just that. Nothing else, just let them be used for that. You know, chairs were right. made, you know, so you can sit in. It wasn't meant to be used as a ladder, man. And, and you know, I wasn't meant to be uh, an architect. I wasn't meant to be, uh, a, a, you know, a physicist or anything like that. I, I am who I am by the grace of God, man, they, you know. And rather than you find people that are happy doing what they do and they're fearful that this person is going to make more than me or they're going to, you know, have more, um, you know, a better rep than I got. Man, I ain't got time for that foolishness, man. I don't have time for that, you know. Good subject tonight, brother. I don't know who you came with this from, but that's a good subject. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you mm-hmm. talk about everybody, you know, trying to stand in their lane. I think yeah. we our fear one should be not improving, not being putting our best foot forward. And if we wanted if that was our fear, we wouldn't want to change lanes. We want to stay in our lane because we gotta master our lane. We gotta be the the best at our lane. Listen, the brother on the on the mic on the line, he's He's a speaker. You know, he, he talks on the mic on the regular. I'm I'm new at this. He was like, oh, so, you know, he giving me pointers, clear your throat, and, and announce the aid and stand on one foot. No, bro, listen, I ain't doing all that, cuz. That's your thing. I'm going to do it how I do it. <laughs> this, this is my lane. This is, this is mine. That's yours, you know. When, yeah. when, when, you're, yeah. on the, when you're up there, you got to do it the way you're supposed to do it. I don't. Mm-hmm. You got to be the professional. Pastor, he can't say certain words. That's not my round either. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's how we keep it. However, at the end of the day, our mission is the same. Just the way we mm-hmm. communicate is maybe different. Our tactics may be different, but the end result, the end goal is the same. And it's done without fear. Yes, sir. What you think about that, Ron? Yeah, man, it's a... It's a, it's a it's a it's a powerful thing, man, when you can live without fear, right? When you can live without fear, knowing who you are, whose you are, but then also what your purpose is. And I feel like a lot of people, um, old and young, don't know, number one, who they are, and number two, um, what their purpose is. Um, you know, it's a lot of people as far as like in the older generation or in our generation that'll say, hey, you know, I'm a believer, uh, you know, have a personal relationship with the Lord. But then you see things that you're like, no, nah, that, that kind of doesn't align with what you're saying. Mm. Like like you're, you're showing a lot of fear. You're sharing how, you know, um, this situation, that situation is devastating, is depressing. But I'm here to say, like, man, so, like, for instance, this situation, this COVID-19, 
a lot of people are stressed out about it. Man, how am I going to pay my bills? And I understand that, right? Because there are many people that live check to check. But I'm looking at it like on the glass half full, like, man, I'm spending time with my family that I never would have spent before. I'm having Mm. conversations. I'm sitting down. I'm making time for things that I always felt were a priority but didn't give them priority in my life Mm. because I allowed something else, whether it was work, whether it was, you know, um, friendships, whether it was, you know, a dream, a business, or whatever, individually, you know, selfishly, I would allow that to take, you know, kind of the the um take the lead or whatnot. But like, man, everything that we're talking about is right in line. My question is, how are we right outside of this conversation? Like, what are some conversations that we can have to a younger generation that is going through this? During you know the end of their high school years or college time, and you know not understanding that the process just is a continuation. That there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be things that throw throw hurt, throw you on a you know off track. But your job is to get on track and stay on track. Which number one is back to the basics. Well, maybe I just answered my question right there. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you what happened just now. What happened is you got in my lane, you know, but because I'm humble, I'm humble. I'm going to let you drive the I car. Did. I'm, I'm sorry. Back seat. No, no, no. It was still my a valid bad. question. My bad, bro. It was a valid question. How we apply this? How we apply this going forward, you know, because this is how what we call getting to work. How do we yeah. apply this? What you do, you like I said, instead of telling someone, in, in my opinion, instead of telling someone what not to do, tell them how to do it better, how to do it safe, you know, give them some guidance along the way versus telling them what not to do. Because if you just tell them what not to do, they're going to do it just because you said not to. But if you tell them how to be safe about it, you know they're going to do it, but hopefully they apply, you know, Whatever wisdom that you've given me. Mm-hmm. Pastor, what's your thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, he, he did answer his own questions as far as I'm concerned. He did. And then, and he, yeah, he did. He, I was laughing. I was like, man, he's talking to himself right now. That was good. But, but he, and he, he called it. But he, and he called oh, it. Oh, yeah, he called it. That, that was good to me, man. I was like, he need to pay himself, man. That was a good lesson right there. But no, you know, for for, for me, I got um, older boys. I got I got three boys and a daughter, and um, the daughter's the baby. She's the youngest. But um, one son soon will be twenty five. Another one's twenty one. Uh, one's graduated from college. Another's um, uh, one year away from graduating from college, and they stay away from me. They're one hundred and twenty. 122 miles away from me, and I, I miss them dearly. But when they left, I told them, I said, don't come back. You know, and by that, I mean, you still have a key to the house. You come when you want to, but don't come back. This is my life. It's not yours. 
We need to find your life. We need to do that. And uh, I can't define it for you, but I can prepare you for it. And so uh, there's a few places that I took them and that I had, you know, being a pastor, I have access to certain places. I took them to the jail, you know, while I was going to visit somebody. I wanted them to see um, kind of what it was like. Now, obviously, I don't let them go all the way back in there or whatever, but it wasn't seeing them that affected them. It was just the, the, the sound of the doors closing behind them, you know, and, and they couldn't get out, you know. Dude, you don't want to end up here, okay, so you need to keep the law. I took them to the unemployment office, and they saw the line of the people standing out there. Just, 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 I mean, and there was nothing wrong with it, but, you know, I didn't have to say a whole lot. All these people right here are trying to sign up to get, you know, to get help. They need help, man. They, you know, how did they get like that? I don't know. Could have been bad economy. Could have been bad choices. I, I don't know. And then they went with me to court. And when they went with me to court, you get a chance to see guys over there, man, behind on child support and all of that. And so I asked them, you know, man, how do you like it whenever the government takes out a certain amount of your money, you know, before you get your check? I don't think it's right. I said, well, what would you do if it was they were taking out child support on me? Nah, brother, <laughs> you know, they, they like their cash, you know. So yeah, I tried to show them the the, the – um, the reality of it, you know, and then, like you said, quick, try to prepare them. Listen, man, this is available to you. You, you, you're not limited. The only limitations you have is what you place on yourself. You know, you gotta, you gotta get out there. You gotta grind. Don't be afraid to work. It's your, you know. In other words, I, t- I did my best to teach my boys how to be men. You know, I, just try to just to be men, not to be. You know, so much success. If you if you are a man and carry yourself the right way, you're gonna be successful. You know, and and I tried to kill that in my own way in them because for a while, it, both of them, the first two, one one wanted to play in the NFL, the other wanted to play in the NBA. I'm like, dude, you two foot three, you probably ain't gonna make it, and you ain't but 108 pounds, you probably ain't gonna make it. So you know, you you gotta face reality. That's not what God created you for. So you don't have a big body, but you got a big brain. You got a big mind. Use that and see won't that take you places. So, man, mm-hmm. I tried to position them to be all that they could be. And it hurts me to this day that you know, I've done all of that, but still, ultimately, it boils down. They got to make a choice. Do I use the information that he gave me? Do I use the education paid for? Do I use the examples that he gave me? Or do I sit up here and... You know, just just fart my life away or whatever, man. So, I I try to take both of you guys' experience, man, and just you know uh, lay it out to my boys. And like I said, I'm I, you know I hadn't reaped all the benefits not that I want to reap, but you know I had never gotten them out of jail. They don't have no babies, <laughs> you know. Uh, you yeah. know they're not in my pocket as deep as they were. So something's working. Something's working, man. Mm-hmm. So. I think we just got to be real with that next generation, man. Just show them, listen. And do like me, tell them, listen, this is the mistake I made, you know. Um, and mm-hmm. then I hate to take up all the time, man, but just like this brother said, you know, take during this time, instead of being afraid that I'm going to, you know, what's going to happen, man, right now, all, everybody in my house, all six people in my house, we're home, man. I get a chance to spend the next, I don't know, man, um, College is, is out, so he's here until, well, 
not until summer comes. Uh, my son's job is shut down, so he's here, you know, for the foreseeable future. My youngest son and my daughter, she's here, and my wife's here, man. We're getting the chance to have dinner together. We're getting the chance to watch movies mm-hmm. together, you know, all this stuff, yeah. man. We're getting closer, you know. Now, y'all got to pray for me about one thing. Mom ain't being real good to me at night, but other than that, man, up, you know, everything else rolling pretty good. So, yeah. Quick, you guys, can you help me with that? I understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, pray for you. That's it. Nah, nah. for you. Prayer? That's right, right. That's the best Let's I can pray, do. Pray what I want. <laughs> hey, yeah, you got to say what you want, so I can send that right on up. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, when two or more agree. <laughs> Talk to me, man. <laughs> hey, we agree. We, we, oh. we got you. We, all right, they got to be some touching. They got to be some touching in there somewhere now. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm glad they had a kid. Hey, we social distance and touching. <laughs> come on, brother. Look, come on. Hey, no, hey. Look, look, you would have with them. Look. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, man, you we gotta keep him out the club, man. Yeah. Right, I'm trying to we say, struggling, he man. Sound like he, he sound like he went down. Man, like, yeah, that's what it is, man. They done, they done, they done got another one, man. They done pulled him over to the dark. <laughs> right, they done, done took another one, man. Another one bite the dust. Hey, man. Yeah, they falling left and right, brother. But, but other than that, man, life is good right now. Life is, man, life yeah. is good. Yeah, man, I, get that chance. I agree, and I'm real proud of you, brothers. You know um, that everything for me, everything is still, still is normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Going to yeah. work and, and coming home, and that's great for me. You know, no, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't feel sorry, don't do nothing. That's great for me because I'm still able to, to provide. You know, when, when business is still moving, like you said, there's a lot of business that has been shut down, and. <laughs> God gave me favor, right? I, I haven't been. Mm-hmm. Although you got people across the street or down the street that has been, I haven't been. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's a blessing. But every night I do see see the family, and we kick it like we do. But I think that God know how I am and the way that I'm I'm built. I got to be. I got to go get it. If I ain't coming back home with mm-hmm. it. I'm some kind of way, which won't be healthy for the family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason, and I'm and I'm and I'm eternally grateful that uh, you brothers are getting the time to need it. I pray that Pastor get the time that he need <laughs> in a different food. But I am I am just, just, just grateful that everything is coming together for you brothers. Mm-hmm. Hey, quick! Can I take? Can, yeah, I, can I? I want to share one more thing with you guys, man. Um, it, uh, I, I think you and I have I've talked about this earlier in the year. I'm not certain, but um, it's, it's really one of my own personal testimonies, man. You was talking about fear, and a lot of people, including myself, for a period of time, uh, we were we were afraid, and some people today they're still afraid of success. You know, you, mm-hmm. I. I being what I, doing what I do for a living, there's 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 people out there. I was called to do this. I was created to do this. I don't take it for granted. I make sure that I, you know, got a thousand checks and balances in place, man. Because I don't 
I don't want to be, even though you're going to be labeled as that, I don't want to be somebody that's out here for money. I have no right to sign any uh, checks for the church. I have no right to uh, say what they do with their money. My responsibility is to administrate, okay? I, I can't approve or disapprove. And so I know that a lot of people in ministry, they, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's for financial gain. I got that, and you know I've been doing this now for twenty, twenty some odd years, and I was afraid to, you know, okay, get a, okay, like right now, for instance, I got a vehicle. Y'all check this out, just to show you how good God is. The vehicle that I'm driving right now has, and that's my ministry vehicle, man. It does what it has to do. It has 367,000, 370,000 miles on it, all right? Oh, here's wow. the thing. I'm afraid. Check this out. I'm afraid to go and get a car because if I get one, you know, <laughs> you know, pastor taking them to church's money, you know. Mm-hmm. Y'all see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. dress, but so nice. I can't. Listen, man, I love... You know, if, I, if I'm going to wear my sneakers, because I wear them in the pulpit, because I'm not trying to make a statement. I just like my feet to be comfortable. <laughs> you know, I'm just sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if I'm going to wear them, I like them to be sharp, man. I want them to feel good, and I want them to be clean. Well, I can't pay. I can, but I don't like to pay $40 for, for a pair of sneakers, because the ones that I buy for $40, they look like they cost $40. So I pay. I have to pay mm-hmm. something for them. If you understand what I'm saying, if I'm gonna wear a suit, man, uh, this is me now. This is just me, brother. Let me. Get, I got a tailor in Korea, man. That this dude. All I gotta do is tell him what type of material I want, you know, and he'll hook me up. But I can't wear those suits because folk were like, Pastor Steele, and that's not the case, man. That's not the case. So in other words, I'm afraid to succeed. I, there's only so much, you know. When I went over to Japan. Um, they they called me over there and treated me like a king, man. They picked me up from the airport, and I'm going to tell you how my head got real big, man. I got used to that. That was good, and, you know. But the, the thing about it was since I've come back, I haven't even shown anybody outside of my family. I've never shown them the pictures. I never told them that they took me on shopping sprees. I never told them that they spoiled me, to, I mean, to, you know, and it was I, I can't share that because it's, you know, I'm afraid to succeed, man. I'm afraid of what people may say. Now, the last part of that is this, and I re- I got over this in the last couple of years, but for years I would walk by the lottery machines or whatever, and it didn't bother me until it got up to 200, 300 million. And I was sitting there thinking, man, what could I do with that money? I would do this. I would do that. And check this out. Somebody found me out in the church one day. They asked me a question, said, um, how do you feel about the lottery? Do you play the lottery? And I said, no, and they asked me why not. And I was like, God, they got me. And this is what I told them, and I wanted to share it with you all. I said, I don't play the lottery because I'm afraid I'll win. And they were like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm afraid I'll win. Because guess what? If I win, then everybody I've ever preached to, everybody that – I've ever told to be wise with your money. Everybody that I've ever told, you know, maybe you need to avoid it or whatever, whatever. Um, I got to answer for it. I got to give everybody else a black eye regarding it. Y'all see what I'm saying? So sometimes there's people, man, I hear this 
afraid of the need. We 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 know it's out there. We know how to go get it, but we don't know how to. Like I got suits in my closet I've never worn, not in public. I, you know, and it's like, then that's that's bad, man. God bless me with it, and I won't even wear it. That's sick. Yeah. That's sick. I'll yeah. go and let so my wife play, get a so car. So you play dress up in your house? I did say what? Boy, you need to get. You play dress up in your house. No man, it just it's just in that when I let's check this out. Now when I go out of town, you know what I'm saying? When I go like if I come to your that's spot. That, that's that, you, that's that. You, okay. 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 <laughs> okay. That drip that drip Okay, I got it. I got that's it. That's right. You know what I'm saying now. Got my name on the inside of it, brother. But here, okay. man, it's like you know, and, and, and you some people need to be healed of that. I know I do. But then yeah. if I, you know, if I, if I, if I, if I show too much, man, you know, then I knew it. I knew he was this, he was that, he was on and on and on. No, man, I'm, you know, I'm the same dude what I got on that, that tailor-made suit or the sweatsuit, man. I'm the same dude. It don't, it don't bother me, man, but I'm very conscious of it. And so, I don't get this. Check this out. When this vehicle went down on me, it went down at about 290,000 miles, something like that. Instead of getting another vehicle, check this out, y'all. Put a new engine in it. Mm. <laughs> Put a new engine in mm. it. Yeah, man. I know I mm. deserve to have my butt kicked big time. But, hey, man, listen, that's where I am because I just I don't want to answer to nobody. I won't even let – there's only a mm-hmm. very few. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell it on him right now. I'm going to tell it on him. He ain't going to like it, but I don't care because he ain't up here to fight me. <laughs> but when a knee did hit my life, brother, what is it? Was it Ronell? Yeah. Okay. When a, yes, when a knee did hit my life to where I ain't know where to go, check this out, man. I'm pastor. I can go to the church. I can go to some of the lending institutions around here, and they'll say, oh, you pastor. You know, no big. we'll, we'll give it to you because you're pastor. You know, I could do all of that mm-hmm. probably. But I wouldn't call nobody near me. I called all the way to quit and say, hey, man, look, listen, man, I, you know I need this, I need that. And my brother showed up for me, did what I needed, and mm. uh, that was that. He never said a word, anything about it. I got all that stuff. But that's just how bad it is for me, man. And that's why this call yeah. and talking with you guys is so it's liberating for me, man, because it's like I get to hear truth and I get to live my truth. Because otherwise, I'm standing mm-hmm. in a pulpit as a hypocrite, to be honest with you. Now, what I'm mm-hmm. telling him is truth. I'm telling him the truth, but what I'm living, in essence, is a lie because I, I won't go out and be their example. I'm hiding what God is blessing me with, to be honest with you. So I just want to so, throw that out, man, because somebody listening may be just I'm, like I'm I am. Wow. I'm itching. I'm itching. So I know you are. <laughs> so mm. God, God have given you the resources. You got a tailoring career. I got one here if you need. I got one closer, but you got a tailoring oh, career to 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 get you the the finance the way God intended. But you got to you got them in the closet. A few of them. A few a few of them. Excuse me. You got you God gave you a few dollars. <laughs> If you got you a few dollars to where you could spend one or two on a lottery ticket, but you don't. Nope. He got you in a position where you could do these things. So you don't do it because you worry about what man would think. But God has blessed you with this so that 
man, this could be man's motivation. All right. You don't hear me, though. I'm going to show you how this works. When I was young, like knee-high to a duck, granddad taught me how to polish shoes. My uncle was a pastor. My uncle had a pair of shoes for every suit he wore. And I ain't just talking about, like, I'm talking Stacey Adams. All cat wolves, Stacey Adams. So he bought the shoes. He <laughs> bought the shoe polish. You dig? He would give me a dollar mm-hmm. pair. Yes, I was trying those shoes. And I was like, damn, Uncle Willie got a lot of shoes. I want shoes like that. Mm-hmm. Right now, you go look out there in my shoe room, you will see shoes like that. God put me, he blessed mm-hmm. me with that. He, somebody was that example for me. Now, I ain't wearing Stacey Adams mm-hmm. when I do get dressed up. That's all I wear. But you got to understand, <laughs> when it's there before you, oh, listen, Pastor, I can, I can, I, when I do put it on, I might be able to sit up in the pulpit with you. But then they may know, they may know what I, what I really, really used to do, so I don't really put it on like that. But you got to understand <laughs> that everybody, you, there's an example. Ronell, he's he's a, he's a slim brother. He models and all that type of stuff. You did. And yeah. I had to say I wanted to, no, you know, model no, myself after the slim. <laughs> then I can kind of be like, you know, bro, maybe we need to go do cardio. He's talking about yeah, I do the 10k and the 5k, and I'm running and walking with no reason, <laughs> no effort. This is what I do. Maybe that would be who I would model after. You know what I mean? But hey, I'm that I'm that fat mm-hmm. kid, you know. I'm I'm that two thirty dude. I ain't I ain't out there running for nobody. That ain't what we do. But that's that's my realm. God bless me for me. So do mm. that example. You gotta give expect where you are. You gotta give people hope. Now I hate yes, to say it like this, but if they're not progressing, maybe it's your fault because they're not seeing progression. Listen, man. Uh, listen, Uh-oh, man. One pastor. One pastor. Yeah, you stepped on me, brother, and I hate you for it, but you told the truth, you know. But one pastor told me, he said, man, he said, listen, he said, uh, you're supposed to be the preview to their movie. They're supposed to look at you and see. They're supposed to look at you and see what type of marriage they're supposed to have. They're supposed to look at you and see mm-hmm. how they're supposed to dress and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I hear him, but, man, listen, um, you got, and I can't down these brothers because I don't know them personally. I'm just, I hear it in the news just like you guys hear it, you know, um, you know, and I hear it in the church, you know, Creflo Dollar is trying to get his folk to buy him a plane, and you know, all these things I hear from all these people. And I'm not trying to throw again him under the bus because I don't know him. Never, you know, I've been in the room mm-hmm. with him, but I I don't know him or anything like that. But my thing is, uh, you know, I don't want. I, I, that's a battle I'm not willing to fight, man. I'm sorry. I'm just not willing to fight uh, that battle. I mean, I'd rather see the church shine than me shine. I don't, I, you know. Oh, absolutely. Just... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if, your, if your, your, your medium, your income medium at your church was 500000 mm-hmm. right? I don't know what it is now. It's none of my business. But would your ideas be the same? That's a good question. That's a that's a really good question. I never thought of it. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, like that, I've never, I, I really, I've never thought of it. Because you got to understand, in the church, 
the uh, the congregation, out of everybody in the church, the only person in there where everybody knows your salary is me, you know, because they're the one that said it and voted on it. And the last couple of increases they tried to give me, I told them, no, I, no, don't do it. Why don't you want me to do it? Well, number one, uh, there's some things going on in the church that, you know, um, now's just not the time to give me a pay increase. Well, you're doing this, you're doing that. I got it, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do, but no. And I was telling them the truth. The church, you know, didn't need to, to, to need me to get that increase right now. But at the same time, I was telling them because I didn't want to hear the noise, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't want to hear the noise. I just didn't mm-hmm. want to hear it. So, you know, I turned down money, you know, quick. I don't know how to secure the bag, man. You got to teach me how to do that. That's just all it is to do it. But, you know, <laughs> so, you know so that's, that's the way it is, man. And so the reason I bring it up again, there's a lot of people that's afraid to succeed. Uh, you know, they, they know that it's going to come with a price because this is what the Bible says. And I don't want to take it out of context, but it says to whom much is given, much is going to be required. And so a lot of times people know that, okay, if I obtain all of this, you know, the light's going to be bright on me. I don't know what it may cost me. So they just rather just get enough instead of more than enough. And and that's, uh, that's a sad mentality. So when you guys were talking about it tonight, it kept kind of burning in my spirit, man. I was like, yeah, man, this Man, I don't like this. All right, I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah, I, don't like this. <laughs> I told you, I told you I wanted a helicopter, right? You did you a long said, time ago. And you said when you get it, you know I'm gonna call on you, and I'm like, hey, I beat it. Y'all gonna chop and I beat it. That's what I said. That's right. And so my wife says, she says, you know, I don't know if you gonna be, I don't know about a helicopter since Kobe died. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Damn, well, I'm going to land this jet at it yeah. on the third property. Oh, That's man. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm going to land you, this jet at it. But look here, let me tell you something. Oh, yeah, you done raised the game on me, man. <laughs> What's up? Now, my, my, whole, my whole point of the matter is, if you call me and they say, damn, look at this brother coming out of this helicopter. That don't matter mm. to me. This, How you did this? Oh, bro, I don't know God did this. This is all God. Talk to him. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. So if you see me coming in a new pastor every week or every day, that has nothing to do with me. That's all God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Because I can't explain I it. I believe that. Because I my credit that. score was, was, was 533, and and, and my house is, <laughs> doesn't reflect that. You and mm-hmm. you told me that. You, you I've heard the whole story. So, yeah. I, I told you that. And... and, and and I believe every bit of what you're saying that it is God. I, I, I believe every bit of it, man. And um, that's why I told you when I got to Japan, my head got big to have somebody standing out there with a name placard, placard that says Pastor Robinson. I'm like, what? They they waiting on a brother? Get in the limo, man, and we we riding, man. And then I'm like, put me up in this. I call it a twelve-star hotel. I don't even know what it was. <laughs> this place was laid out, man. Bringing me breakfast, you know. We eating and man, we went and ate a meal that cost. I think my meal was like a hundred and forty some odd dollars, dude. That's grocery for a week for my house, man. I wasn't paying for none of it, but it's just the idea 
and and it was nothing to them. They were like, "Look, that's what we brought you over here for. We we want you yeah. comfortable. We want to. We want this. We want that." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Man, what in the world is this?" And then they offered me this opportunity. They said, "You know, we're gonna be. There's not a lot of uh, American churches, American Christian churches in that area." And they was literally throwing that opportunity, saying, "Would you consider?" And I'm like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. boy, I could get used to this, you know." But I didn't mm-hmm. want anything to be said. Now, again, it wasn't my season of my time, but it's just the idea. Uh, when I came back, man, everything I had was hidden down in the back. That's where that's where the tailor came from. Those brother, they 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 had it laid out for me. I had suits sent to my house, all this stuff, man. Boy, look at they got and they I got that chalk on the stitching and all. Yes, sir. <laughs> come, come on, man. come on, come on. <laughs> they still remember his time. <laughs> But again, man, it's just you know you're afraid to um, you're afraid to succeed, man. And so it's just uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there now that's kind of that way. You don't want to hear your mom, I mean your family, you know, speaking all that noise about you. You don't want to hear people label you, so you just you know stay with the status quo. Listen, I feel you. I've been there, man. I've been there. But I'm praying for you that you won't stay there because brother got stuck. And I don't want anybody to get stuck like that because that's a miserable feeling, absolutely miserable feeling to get a get a pull a suit out and just look at it, get it dry clean every now and then, just just sort of stay fresh and don't never put it on, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sick, sick. You know that is that is that's that's a, I'm talking about like stomach wrenching feeling. <laughs> you know, I would, and people have these conversations with you. As though you're still in the same place that they remember you as, and the sad that's part right. about it, that's not that's not the sad part. The sad part is when you when you physically in the same place as they remember you as. That's My grandmother, right. she said, she said, baby, all of these these churches around here are so nice. They come and bring me this and bring me that. I'm sitting here like, ma, you didn't get that one when I was young. So why are you accepting it now? No. We've never ate like this. We've never lived like this. So what's what what is this about now? You see what I mean? Oh, they brought me these pizzas in a can and chicken in a can. And it's like, if you came down here, I'll have that truck loaded up with all type of stuff. I'm like, I don't eat that shit. Yeah. My, yeah. My family would not know what to do with something in a can other than some type of liquid, like broth or something. You know what I mean? That, that Or soup. Mm. That, ain't, that ain't what we do. I don't trip. But you, she digressed. She went backwards. The standard, the standard that and she raised me at is like, nah. We didn't even qualify for welfare or, or any type of government assistance. Didn't qualify. In the hood, didn't qualify. Lady told her, ma'am, if you come down here again, we're going to put your ass in jail. Didn't qualify. Okay? So now that these, this this coronavirus thing is going around, now you you so everybody's so fearful, so we start co- compromising who we are, compromising our standard. You see where I'm going with this? So don't don't let anybody pull you down. Don't let anything pull you down. The standard has been set. You're supposed to continue to rise just because of what somebody else. The limitation of the ceiling somebody else put on you, that ain't what you put on you. That ain't what God got for you. Remember, God wants you to advance and progress. That's that's the reason why a tree 
doesn't stay a seed. That's all I'm saying. Just my two cents. Man, I'm waiting away there. You just let me know. Come on in. Come on in. Bruh. Bruh. So, okay. Pastor don't know this, and, you know, your listeners might not know this as well, but my grandfather was a pastor. And I had a lot of experience within the church and being in church that allowed me to see exactly what the pastor is talking about, right, the fear of success. And I would definitely say that generation, you know, um, that that older generation especially would have, you know, for the, for the value-centered uh, ministers, that fear of success is very true. But I think for the next generation of those that could have become, you know, a minister or got into the ministry – that idea of fear of success was one that pushed them away from it, like myself. Mm. Like I could very easily see myself transitioning, you know, the gifts that God has given me into ministry, but the idea of the fears of success that many ministers have is something I want no parts of because I don't want anybody to say I've gained because of them in a sense of, like I've taken from them, right? But the thing that I found was, you know, with what I do and, you know, just over the time and, you know, looking at other ministers, you know, the aspect that, number one, they need to surround themselves with people that check the things that that go against their values, right? Like, for instance, Pastor said he went, you know, um, he went overseas and, you know, got treated like a king. And, you know, he was like, wow, yeah, I could definitely live this life. But it was the idea of, you know, like you can live this life and you deserve this life, right? Mm-hmm. But that, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that you celebrate in it. It's, it's the life that, you, that God has given you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of that idea of if you have a quick around you, you know, Mr. Quick around you that says, hey, nah, Pastor, I don't think that, and you listen to that, you know, kind of wise counsel, that wisdom, you know, you surround yourself with that wisdom, that you allow yourself not to get bigger than, right? I often talk to some of my, um, I don't call them employees, but some of my subcontractors, I talk to them about never becoming bigger than your job. So, Pastor, yes, you know, never becoming bigger than the ministry or bigger than your purpose, right? So, but with you leveling up, you allow others to be exposed to the blessing that God gives you. If I only see a struggling pastor, I definitely don't want to be a struggling pastor because evidently God ain't even listening to their prayers. I don't want to be the follower of a struggling pastor. Right. I'm right. Too. Right. Like, if my suits look better than yours, it's a problem. Oh, man. Like, I want, you, I want you to be that light, right? I want the Lord to shine the light on you to say, yo, son, you know, you can be just like my other son. Or you can have, I can, I can provide you the, 
the the even if it's just the material things, right, that we're talking about, I can provide you access to those things if you just follow me, right? Within following me, we develop that relationship that allows you to have that um, that foundation, right? But mm-hmm. then I feel like so many people are, especially within the church, are only exposed to less, yep. right? My mom is working a job and only, you know, Making enough to ends me. I mean, it's, you know, the the church is literally a hospital. For the spirit, the church is literally a hospital. Yeah, for the spirit, right? It's like uh, people looking for something, people needing something, and you know, I know a lot of younger individuals that don't that once they're of age might not stay within the religion or within the you know church because of the. Uh, down the downside of life that they've seen their parents, their loved ones go through. And they're, once again, right back to if God isn't blessing them and they're devoting their life to God, then why why is that the path to follow? Wisdom tells me to go against that. Right. You know? And, I mean, you know, it's one of the things that I share too because I've had a couple people that work with me that um, have decided to, you know, get into ministry. And my biggest advice to them was to become by vocation. In a sense of like, you, you have to have another source of income that allows you to legitimately denounce any questioning of how your finances are, what your living is. But because see, the whole my thing, my question would be, that means they would need somebody. Would, so pastor say that he don't sign check. He don't. He he just oversee the the account. But they they give him the check. You know, they vote on his salary and all this kind of stuff. So that's not that's not my 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 call. Like no one needs to be mm-hmm. in the in the in the inner workings of the the business of a church. That's not your business. Mm-hmm. Remember, we got to stay in our lanes. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the issue comes about, and I and, and Pastor, forgive me, but and I'm sorry, Ronell. I know you was moving and you was in the role, but give, give me this, please. When no, 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 you good, bro. You good. When 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 you rolling up in the Bentley, when you pulling up in the helicopter, and you yes, have uh, your congregants hungry and homeless. That's 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 where the issue comes. When the church isn't helping them, mm-hmm. but they just see you doing your thing. I think that's where it comes mm-hmm. because it's an un, it's an unequal shift. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, if, if if the scales are balanced to where everybody is is doing their thing, and and if the church they need help, the church got them, and we got motivational speakers and 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 you showing, then I don't think nobody's saying anything. Mm-mm. Because remember, Mm-mm. people only fight and fuss when they're not getting fed, but when they're eating. They too full to talk trash, mm-hmm. and that's from a business. That's from a business standpoint. Yep. That's just from a business standpoint. And by the mm-hmm. way, I consider mm-hmm. all y'all doctors right now. I'm gonna touch that real quick because Pastor, he's the doctor of of, of the, the spiritual relationship with, with God, and you, you know, you you the doctor because you motivate people how you do. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all know me, so in a sense, you're your own doctor. You are doctors. 
But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, most definitely. I mean, you, hey, Mr. Quick, you don't understand how much of a doctor you are to us, right, to the other doctors that come and have an opportunity to sit in your chair or have a conversation with you. So I truly appreciate you, and, you know, you're the whole reason why, you know, I'm right here on this conversation that we're having currently. Right, but like you know, there's just a couple more things that I wanted to share as far as you know, with ministry or any leadership position, we shouldn't compromise our standards because we set the standard, mm. right? Like, quick, quick just shared it, right? He just said how you know, you as long as you're as long as there's no as long as you're feeding and everyone's fed, no one is. You know, um, complaining, no one is murmuring, no one is, you know, uh, has grief against you. It's the moment that they're not fed, that they're starving, and you're not, that you become king and they become the pauper, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you not compromising your standards, right? Because your standard is better. God has better and more for you because you are the standard setter. Like, you're the one that they should look up to, and that's the pressure that should be on your shoulders, not necessarily the success, but the the pressure of I am the standard, so I have to set the standard at all times. Right? You know, mm. if I am a follower of Christ, then, you know, if I played a lotto, then it's $300 million. You know what I could do? You know what the church could do with $300 million? I guarantee you this. If I'm a member of the church and I hit the lotto for $300 million and I say, hey, pastor, I want to give you 10% of my $300 million, I guarantee you you're not going to stand up in front of the church and say, you know what, that money is no good. I don't know many churches. You might. Let me, let me stop it. You might, but I don't know many churches that would say, hey, this brother is tithing. Is winning, <laughs> you know, like, and it's because of the faith that I have in my personal relationship with Christ that I felt the Lord told me to do this because I could be a blessing because I had a plan set, right? A lot wow. of people that have that idea of, you know, the uh, lottery, you know, winning the lottery, they don't really have a plan. They're playing it as a, hey, I have nothing to lose, um, you know. Um, this is this is a chase that I have. That's what they're planning for. If you have a plan for it, and if you win, God has when to you be win. behind that. For sure. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. So, at this point, I mean, when you win, you know, Yeah, when you win, change that. You're right. When you win, when you win, because if you if you're if you're a, a child of the Most High. You have you 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 can do nothing but win because God sees and knows what you have in your heart and what you have for you know the generations after you, but then also those people that are following. Go ahead. That was it, Pastor. I want you to take this time to to rebut anything you heard, refute anything you heard, because you you've been on the receiving end, bro. So I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. Sorry, I was just. Listen, the only thing I want to know is what time is this call in so I can get off here, man. I, 
I'm tired of y'all beating on me like this. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> a grown man getting the butt whipping on a Tuesday night, man. What's up with that? <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all are, y'all are all in the hey, Kool-Aid, trust me, you are, man. But it's just, you know, I'm stuck. I'm not going to lie. I, I hear everything you guys are saying, I, you know, and even the, the, the example that you gave regarding the lottery. You know, here's the thing. Whenever the money comes in every single week, um, <laughs> you don't know whether it came from playing poker or, you know, somebody was, was out. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know where it came from. Sometimes it, you know, from what I was told, sometimes it smells like alcohol. Sometimes it smells like marijuana. You don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. So his brother come in, offering me 10% of that uh, 300 mil. <laughs> I ain't turning nothing down but the collar. That's all there is to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just, um, I don't know, man. You, you get in this place and you're stuck, and that's where I am right now. And I, I, I do have some regrets, you know, because, you know, when I went into ministry, you know, I was bivocational. I was a chief chemist at a company and was doing quite well. And uh, I decided to go all in. And so ministry is what I do. I'm not. By vocational, I'm in the prison, I'm in the school, I'm in the hospital, you know, I'm in the community. I, I've decided to go all in. And the reason I did it is because I wanted them to see, okay, um, you know, he's going to go out and earn it. He's not, he, he, he's not going to take anything from They had been hurt previously, and I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to pay for the other man's sins or anything like that, man. So it just, I don't know, man, it's just... Um, you just do what you got to do. That's all I know. But I hear what you guys are saying. I really hear what y'all are saying. And I think as Ronell said something that just really messed with me, man. It was like, you know, if my suit better than yours, I ain't too much want to come to your church. <laughs> you know, it's like that. That's, that's, that's what's up right there. But uh, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's tough. It's um Matter of fact, an alarm just went off on my phone. Let me tell you why. Because I told the people during this season, during this time, I um, I know that they've got some fear and we got to get rid of it. So at 6 o'clock every morning, we have prayer. I've been doing that for 12 years. But then I added yep. a second prayer. We have prayer at 11 o'clock at night because I want that to be mm-hmm. the last thing they do before they go to bed. You know, mm-hmm. now listen, I, 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 I just want to do that to help the people that have the fear, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what I want to do. When I tell you I'm here for them, I am. But at the same time, man, I talk to you guys, and it's just like I start to dream. I start to, um, I mean, a guy called me. Listen, man, I got to get off here. I got to do this prayer. A guy called me from Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Georgia last week, and he's he's a leadership guru as far as I'm concerned. His name is Samuel Chan. And I met this guy almost 20 years ago, and we just we just bonded. The guy's literally from India, but all he does is go around and teach leadership. He is a multi-multi-millionaire, and he just called out of the blue. I have not talked to him in, I'm going to say, 10 years at least. And he said, uh, how are you doing? I said, doing okay. And uh, he said, well, uh, what's going on with you? I said, well, nothing, man. I'm just, you know, doing what I got to do. And he said, it's become a job to you. He said, it's no longer a calling. I said, yeah, you're right. He said, I can tell. He said, you know, you you don't have any expectations. You're just doing what you got to do. 
and uh, and he beat me down, kind of like you guys did, but just a little worse. And we got off the phone, and he called back 10 minutes later. He said, listen, man, let me pray for you. He said, because you need to get, you know, your head out of, you know, <laughs> you, need to, you, need, you need to wake up. You know, you, you, can't, you can't do this. He said, because eventually what's going to happen is I can tell you're miserable, and at some point that misery is going to go into that congregation. He said, whatever uh, they're seeing and whatever they're hearing is eventually going to affect them. And that's what you guys just said tonight. You know, uh, if I'm, you know, got this slave mentality, this poverty mindset, then guess what? It's just going to eventually, you know, flow into my peeps, man. So I hear you guys, man. But like I said, man, I'll in all seriousness, I'll jokes aside, I, you know, I don't know how to get out of this. I got myself in it, and I don't know how uh, to get out. So all I'm going to ask you guys, man, is just uh, – you know, honest, and, and all learn you know, just pray, pray for me, man, because it's like, yeah, I don't know. So I've done, I've damaged, mm-hmm. um, I've damaged my family uh, because, you know, I I want them to have more. Um, I try to keep quick motivated, but in reality, quick ends up motivating me, saying, man, he called one day and said, I found a house for you, and some craziness he was talking. I'm like, dude. And when you talk to me, you're not asking for me, man. You you know my situation, man. Why you want to talk like this? But, you know, it, it does motivate me. It really does. I get excited hearing things like that, even though a lot of times nothing's going to become of it because right now I'm you stuck. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but bottom line is this, man. Listen, I got to leave you guys. I got to go. And I, in four minutes, I, I get on there about 11.03. And we have prayer mm-hmm. every, every single night. Every single well, night. Real quick before you go, what's that, uh, what's that number, man? The prayer line number. Hold up, you broke that for me. What's the prayer line number? What's the? Did you say you said you did you say the number? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 okay. Uh, you ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, the dial-in number is uh, 605-313-3131. Uh-huh, 4822. 4822. Yes, okay. and then the code, the code is uh, 166-829. One six six eight two nine. Yes, sir. And so what we do right now, what I've done is um, Bible study is done right here. Um, the the message on Sundays is done right here. Uh, even communion, man. I just got to, uh, you know, everybody, you know, drops by the church and, you know, they might come in and 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 give their offering or whatever. But what I I'm having them do this week, they're coming by the church. There's somebody will be outside. And we'll give them, you know, three or four little communion elements. They'll take them home with them. And we're actually going to do that over the phone, man. I'm going to talk them through it. And, you know, can't come into church, so let's get creative, you know. So, oh, um, sure. This is just kind of a little lifeline now. So um, I'll record the um, Bible study and I'll record the, the Sunday message. And um, that's that, man. But, yeah, we do this prayer every wow. single Night. We've been doing this, man, um, the morning prayer. We've been doing that for 12 years, you know, because I you don't know, want anybody to say. 
Yes, we're going to work on your website. We're going to work on the church website to get you the, the sound <laughs> We're going to work mm-hmm. on that. Me, hey, me and Roger are going to put that together for you. Yep. Okay, well, I'm going to yep. tell you the bad part about it so you can fuss before I get off. They started one, and I stopped them. You know why? Because they kept asking me about me. We got to put you out there. We got to do it. I was like, nah, if you're not going to do it about the church, I ain't trying to hear it. Mm-hmm. So that's, but you know it's about the church. <laughs> you, know, you know it's about God, and it's about the word. So it ain't even about you, that's bro. That's I got to put it out there, man. It's about them, man. It's not about me, man. I'm just... You know, I am who I am by the grace of God, brother. I, yeah, I know where I come from. That's just about the church. As Listen, God, man, I like you. Because we got to show you that respect, but it's about the church. You know, yeah, so look man, at that, no before, doubt. before you get off here, man, because I know you got to run, go ahead and close us out, man. But um, then, man, my brother, Ronell, we're going to pray for you as well because we got to keep you up as well. You know what I mean? That'll work, man. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I, uh, and and on the real, fellas, I appreciate y'all allowing me to be to be real. I don't get an opportunity to just, you. as the Bible say, just get naked and, and not be ashamed, man. I, you know, I have to kind of hold hold my cards close to my vest, man. But with y'all, man, I get a chance to say, look, brother, brother, struggling with this, man. <laughs> you know, I get a chance to get yes, on here and joke yes, with sir. you guys and say, mom ain't treating me right and all that. I don't think there's no problem mm-hmm. with that. That's, that's my wife I'm talking about, man. So, you know, we just, right. I just feel like we're just being men. And, uh, and that's, that's what mm-hmm. I appreciate it. So let that's me it. let me pray, man, yes, and get off of here so I can pray. Lord, thank you so much for um, the topic tonight. Thank you for just the liberation tonight, God. I, I didn't realize I was that bound. I came here, Lord, to try and add to the conversation and, uh, became the recipient of the conversation. I thank you for these two brothers, Lord, just being open, being honest, respecting the title, but also, you know, being honest enough to say, let me let me tell you truth. Because really, Lord, the only thing that's going to change our lives is truth. It's not going to be anything but truth. And I appreciate hearing that. And so, God, don't allow them or anyone else to get stuck like me. Let me be let my testimony help them, Lord God, to push forward. And, God, I, I, I thank you for them. I ask that you bless them in a mighty way. Bless this call. Bless this line. Bless this ministry. Because that's what it is. It's a ministry. Lord, it's where we can talk freely. And uh, so, Lord, I thank you for all of it. Keep your hand on Brooke Quick and his wife. For Ronell, God, keep your hand on him. And, God, let him know that maybe he didn't choose the pulpit. But the pulpit truly has chosen him because you used him tonight in a mighty way. Thank you for all of it, God, and I um, I just want to say thank you for it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, fellas. Amen. Good, good amen. talk to y'all, man. Let me, go, let me go clock in for a few minutes. I got you. Yes, sir. I, I thought right. right. we'll, we'll be on now. Yes, sir. Nah, that's, yes, sir. <laughs> that's left up to you, man. I got to go. Got to go to work, man. All right. <laughs> Get to work. We'll be there. Well, that concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. Um, why are we afraid we wasn't given the spirit of fear? Uh, before we go, before we sign out, uh, we want to put in this prayer for our brother, for Pastor. He is mm-hmm. brother. We'll go ahead and let you lead off, Rondell, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, bring it in and we'll close it out. 
Appreciate you, bro. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity for us to gather together, for us to share not only our thoughts, but also our experiences on, you know, how you not only blessed us, but also how you've been a blessing to others through us. We just ask that you just continue to not only bless um, Mr. Quick, but also uh, bless Pastor as he continues to lead, continues to lead with uh, confidence, but also that you strengthen his confidence and you strengthen his confidence to be able to allow your light to shine not only on him, but through him to uh, his congregation. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we appreciate all that you do for us and that you continuously show us daily on how we can be better. We thank you for this podcast, for this opportunity to, you know, as I said, share um, thoughts and beliefs and experiences, but then also how you allow us to be open to hopefully change the next generation or challenge the next generation to become better. We thank you for Quick, for his family, for his friends, and for every influence that he has ever had that has brought him to uh, the man that he is today. And again, we appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Father God, I want to thank you. I thank you for all that you've given. I thank you for the relationships that you've given. I thank you for Rynell and his family. I thank you for Pat and his family, Dr. Twin. Thank you for my wife and, and her support. And thank you for you giving Jesus for our sins. Father God, I, I ask and I, I beg of you to help Pastor to bring him through whatever it is, even if you've got to take from my storehouse to, to come out. Do so, please. I know that it's for the greater good. I know that uh, he's going to continue to serve you like you wish. And he's going to give you all the honor and the glory. So please do that for him, for me, for us. And we love you. And we will continue to love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. That concludes tonight's episode. Stay safe. Love one another. Love God. Wash your hands. Peace.